Hello, and welcome to Peter Pan Man Dan, a podcast about fatherhood. I'm Dan, a screenwriter and first-time father, and these are my adventures. This episode is called The Milkman, and is about our little Theo being obsessed with boobs. Well, drinking from them, at least. We got lucky with Theo. There are a million things that can go wrong with a baby during the pregnancy than after. Too many to possibly name without making this podcast like 10 hours long. Given all the possible misfortunes that can occur, it makes sense that, despite all the crying and sleepless nights and dirty diapers, parents look at their healthy baby and say, this is a miracle. It really feels that way. Over the years, my family has had a lot of bad luck. In fact, it almost feels like we've been cursed. I've often wondered if a witch has cast a spell on our bloodline. My mom has battled non-Hodgkin's lymphoma on and off since 1992, having undergone over 136 chemo treatments to date. She had a mastectomy a few years prior, but took it in stride, joking that she's, quote, a little old lady who doesn't need boobs anymore. She's the definition of a fighter, a survivor true and true. My brother Greg was born with cerebral palsy, causing him to walk with a slight limp. My littlest sister, Chelsea, was a micropremie, leaving her with only one functioning kidney and hearing issues. Then, of course, my dad had Lou Gehrig's disease and died at the relatively young age of 54. If you didn't already know this from the, I don't know, thousand or so times I've already mentioned it. This is all to say that a lot can go wrong in pregnancy, birth, and life. So we are very aware of the possibility of being thrown a curveball that could make either the pregnancy or the first few years even more difficult than they already were. Shit, my family's had so much bad luck over the years that we're almost surprised when something goes right. We always expect the other shoe to drop or for shit to hit the fan and splatter all over our lives. But with Theo, we were experiencing a rare run of good luck. Meredith had no trouble getting pregnant, then had a relatively normal pregnancy. Of course, she went out of her way, as most moms do, to take great care of herself for the nine months that Theo grew inside of her. She ingested all the vitamins you're supposed to take, got even more sleep than she was already getting, from eight hours to ten. She avoided all the foods you're supposed to avoid, even her favorites like sushi. This left me feeling guilty any time I went out for a sushi dinner with a friend. I'd come back hiding the scent of yellowtail on my breath like I had smoked a cigarette or something. She, of course, didn't drink any alcohol, joining me in sobriety for a couple of months. Nah, drinking isn't so fun, is it? I joked as she mentioned craving a glass of wine with dinner. Though the actual delivery was a hectic two-hour mess that at times felt touch and go, Theo came shouting into the world without many complications. His weight and length were completely normal, around the 55th percentile. And, as I mentioned in a previous episode, he had the best penis in Santa Monica. You dodged the martial curse, you lucky little goof, I told Theo. My only curse is having you as a father, he implied with a look. One of our biggest concerns was whether Theo would latch to Meredith. You hear horror stories of babies who refuse to do so. They treat the boob like it's a dispenser of cyanide instead of a source of nutrition in life. God, let's hope he accepts the boob, said Meredith as she tried breastfeeding for the first time in the hospital. Hey, uh, if he's anything like his dad, that shouldn't be a problem. I tried to joke. I was too tired to figure out if that was a joke about me still breastfeeding or a joke about me loving boobs like some sort of chauvinist. Here we go, said Meredith, 
She propelled Theo's mouth towards her nipple like it was a lunar lander heading towards the moon. Our good luck continued. Theo not only latched, but he also started sucking like it was a water bottle and he'd just run the Boston Marathon. Wow, look at him go, I said as he gulped away. He's hungry, said Meredith. Take it easy there, little guy. You're going to get a tummy ache and rip your mom's nipple clean off, I joked. Stop, let him eat without making fun of him, said Meredith. So, being one of the best husbands and fathers in the world, I let him eat without making fun of him. Once we got home from the hospital, it became clear that Theo brought his appetite with him. He was always looking for that boob, always hungry. Being an alcoholic, I'd been around other prolific drinkers. Hell, I lived in a fraternity for some of college, a place where drinking was not only normalized but also a way of life. Drunks are bad at most things besides drinking, but one thing we're good at is coming up with nicknames for other drunks. Shit, there were a couple college drinking buddies whose real names I didn't even know. Sorry, Chugs McGee, hope you're doing well. So, seeing that Theo had inherited my love of drinking, milk, not booze, thank God, I decided to give him a nickname, The Milkman. I'm going to call you The Milkman, Theo, because you love milk so much, I explained to him. He didn't so much as look over from the boob to acknowledge. He was busy. He had milk to drink. Look at The Milkman go, I joked as Theo sucked away, his eyes rolling into the back of his head in hedonistic elation. It was easy for me to sit there making jokes and coming up with dumb nicknames because Meredith was doing all of the work. There wasn't much I could do other than just watch. I mean, I had some man boobs for my years of eating like shit, but milk wasn't coming out of those. Bacon grease and pretzel dust, maybe, but not milk. That's what's so crazy about the first couple of months of your child's life. As the dad, even if you want to help, you literally can't. You're helpless. Worthless. Just a distraction sitting in the corner making dumb boob jokes while your lovely wife does all the heavy lifting. God, moms really are incredible. The toughest, most caring, and most resilient people on this planet. So, instead of helping, I did the next best thing. That's right, I came up with a little milkman jingle. Uh, so I have a milkman theme song? I told Meredith. Oh God, said Meredith, not amused. Okay, here we go. I am the milkman, give me some more of your milk. Man, I am the milkman, all I want is all of your milk. Man, I am the milkman, give me some more of your milk. Man, I am the milkman, all I want is all of your milk. Man. Wow, big help, said Meredith. Thanks, yeah, I'm doing most of the work here, I goofed. Why don't you go for a run or something, said Meredith. Anytime Meredith had had enough of my dumbass cracking dumbass jokes, she'd suggest I go for a run. She knew I was yearning for those and couldn't turn one down. Okay, I'll leave the milkman to it, I said, humming the tune to my milkman jingle as I laced up my shoes for some rare exercise. Enjoy your milk, milkman. I am the milkman. For the first few weeks, Theo spent every waking moment attached to Meredith's boob. He drank like he was me in my 20s and the bartender was about to yell, Last call! Hell, Theo had such a voracious appetite for milk that sometimes he'd even fall asleep while still suckling from the nipple. It was like he was an alcoholic who had nodded off in front of the TV, his clammy hands still wrapped around a Bud Light as late-night infomercials blared from the glowing screen. 
and he never, not once, spit up. We figured that we had once again gotten lucky because baby spit up is a disgusting mess to clean, but I think it was simply because he didn't want to give any milk back. After all, he was the milkman, and he wanted every last drop of milk. It was like he was the Daniel Day-Lewis character from There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Meredith kept track of her breastfeeding on an iPhone app, notating what time and which boob she nursed from. It's simply impossible to remember detailed stuff like that when you're as tired as you are during those first few weeks. So, she outsourced the job to her phone. It seemed like every time I looked at her, she was typing in a new time and boob designation, the bags under her eyes lit by the glowing screen. It was great our baby was getting all the milk he wanted and needed, but it made doing literally anything else practically impossible for poor Meredith. I haven't even brushed my teeth today, she'd tell me at like 7 o'clock at night. How could you with that little guy attached to your chest, I said, my teeth sparkling white from multiple brushings. And she was in pain. Her boobs looked cartoonishly big, like Bugs Bunny had stuck an air pump into them and gone to town. This sucks so bad, this is more painful than childbirth, she said. I'm sorry, boo. Hey, on the plus side, your boobs are now massive, I said. I legit feel like they might pop, Meredith said. Well, at least one of us is enjoying them, I joked with a wink. After a few weeks of the milkman sucking down milk endlessly, it was becoming abundantly clear that we weren't going to have any problems with getting enough food in Thea. In fact, we were starting to bump into the opposite problem. He wanted more milk than Meredith was able to produce. Hell, Meredith could have had like 10 boobs and it still wouldn't have been enough for our little milkman. I know it seems ridiculous to even complain about this issue. It's like someone bitching about having too much sex. Oh, our fat little baby was drinking too much milk. It's almost like he's too healthy or like too normal. Our lives are so hard. But keeping up with the milkman's milk demands became a sort of hell for Meredith. It added to her exhaustion and stress, which in turn added to mine. It was starting to feel like it wasn't tenable. We needed help. Now, at the hospital, they make it seem like breastfeeding is the only option. I mean, they really push that shit. In fact, in our two days in the hospital with Theo, they didn't mention an alternative to breastfeeding once. Not once. It was like baby formula didn't even exist. I get it. Breast milk is the best milk. It's the easiest and most direct way to pass all the vital nutrients and immunities to your child. It also helps spawn mother and baby. Makes sense. But sometimes you need an extra hand to take some of the burden off the mom. After non-stop breastfeeding our little milkman for weeks, Meredith just couldn't do it anymore. The milkman had literally drunk her whole supply. Her boobs were deflated like two-week-old party balloons. She didn't have anything left. But he was the milkman, so of course he wanted more milk. Man, Meredith was in tears. She was so tired and so stressed. She wanted to always do what was best for her child and felt like she was letting him down. She didn't know how to soldier on. The milkman made things worse by crying and crying and crying, demanding more milk. In fact, his screams almost sounded like he was yelling, More! 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 One night, with Meredith in tears and us not sure what to do, we called the 24-hour line at our pediatrician Dr. Hamilton's office. 
The line was meant for emergencies. But I guess when anything remotely bad is happening to your child, it feels like an emergency. Dr. H wasn't on call that night, but I left a message. One of the other covering doctors called me right back. We've run out of milk, I told her, so tired from getting up throughout the previous night that I was hardly making sense. I mean, I wasn't getting up to breastfeed, but I was often getting up just to observe and offer support. Not in a perverted way. I wasn't just up watching my wife breastfeed. I'm not that depraved. Um, what do you mean, said the on-call doctor. Our little guy, he loves milk, so he drank all the breast milk. He drank it up. He needs more. He's a milkman, I incoherently explained. Okay, well, it's okay to supplement some of his diet with formula, she said. Really? It is? I said. I thought the doctor said to only breastfeed. Well, we'd like you to only breastfeed, but sometimes that's not possible, she said. Like when you have a milkman who's drunk all the milkman? I asked. What? She asked. Formula won't hurt him? This isn't child abuse? Child protective services won't be called? I double-checked to make extra sure. No, it's fine. Just go to the store and grab some Similac or Infamil, she said. Could you spell that? I said, too tired to think. S-I-M. Whoa, slow down, Shakespeare. Sorry, I'm exhausted from getting up all night to watch my wife breastfeed, I explained. S-I-M-I-L-A-C. Sorry, could you start over? S-I-M... I-L-A-C. Okay, one more time, I said. After I finally got it, I hung up and looked at Meredith. Both of us were still a little skeptical about whether it was actually okay to add formula to our little miracle's diet. Would formula turn him into a serial killer? Would it cause him to grow an arm out of his forehead? Would he explode? While we continued to ponder, the milkman continued to cry. He was utterly confused as to why milk wasn't passing through his mouth into his tummy. He needed more milk. We had to give it to him. That night, we invited Meredith's parents over from their Airbnb to watch a new Christian Wig movie, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. We had attempted to do this movie night because we were still completely naive to the realities of having a newborn. Meredith's mom is a take-charge, no-bullshit, alpha-female type who solves problems. She reminds me of the Winston Wolf character from Pulp Fiction, who comes in and fixes everything. Despite her take-charge instincts, she had tried to be hands-off during the first few weeks while we fumbled around and attempted to figure shit out. I wanted it that way. I was taking time off work, and it was important to me that we learned how to do this baby care stuff ourselves. But she couldn't take it anymore. She charged in. This is ridiculous. I'm going to get you formula. But I'm still not sure we're supposed to, even if the on-call doctor said it was okay, Meredith said. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. We're using formula. You're my baby and I have to do what's best for you, she said, her own maternal instincts kicking in. Before we had a chance to protest another word, she was out the door and on our way to CVS. She came back a few minutes later, carrying a pack of Similac bottles, like a hunter returning with a massive elk. We shook it up, twisted off the top, and pushed the rubber nipple into the milkman's mouth. Now, some babies refuse nipples that aren't their moms, but not our milkman. He instantly stopped crying and latched onto that thing like he'd been trekking through Death Valley and finally had gotten his hands on a Gatorade. He chugged and chugged and chugged. And you know what? He was perfectly fine. He didn't explode. He didn't turn into a serial killer. 
He didn't grow a third arm out of his forehead. All he did was drink, just like a milkman is supposed to do. After the initial bottle, we started to supplement more and more of the milkman's diet with formula. There was just simply no other way to get through hell without it. It taught us that we have to be nimble. It's virtually impossible to do everything by the books. Everyone has an opinion or philosophy about how you're supposed to care for your newborn. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. You have to do whatever helps make your trip out of Neverland and through hell easier. That, in turn, will be what's best for your baby. The formula was a game changer. It really did make things easier. It took a slight burden off of Meredith's tired shoulders, or boobs, I should say. And now that we knew Theo would take a bottle, I could feed him while Meredith tried to get rest, or showered, or finally brushed those dirty, smelly-ass teeth of hers. It also meant that the milkman was getting more of that coveted milk that he so desperately craved. It was a win-win for everyone. There you go, milkman, I said as I fed him one night. He latched onto the bottle's nipple and greedily sucked the white magic into him. A little milk dribbled down his chin, and I could have sworn the corner of his mouth arched upward, indicating a blissful smile. After all, he was the milkman, and he was getting all the milkman. As I looked down at my peaceful, happy baby, I couldn't help but hum his theme song one more time. I am the milkman, give me some more of your milk, man. I am the milkman, all I want is all of your milk, man. This has been Peter Pan Man Dan, a Mangano Movies and Media podcast. Thanks for listening. On the next episode of Peter Pan Man Dan, lack of sleep causes Meredith and I to transform into our evil alter egos. Talk to you then.